Well, we're continuing our series, How to Neighbor, and we're looking at the words of Jesus and taking to heart where he said the two most important things in life are to love God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. And just equally important is to love your neighbor as yourself. These things matter to God, and so they matter to us. We're looking at rediscovering, redeploying the skills of being good neighbors. We talked about several weeks ago how it's important to connect with the people around you. You can't be a good neighbor to people you don't even know. So we want to go out and meet people. We want to know their names. We want to know their stories. We talked about the skill of open table hospitality. Bringing cookies or bread into the equation, making yourself available certainly can be a game changer to getting to know someone's name and moving beyond that to being friends with the people around you. We also talked about the importance of open-handed service. Just finding the simple needs of the people around you and meeting those needs. That's what love looks like. This is something that you and I can do. This is something all of us should be doing. You know, we want to talk about today the importance of open-hearted sharing. And uh, something that's come out of the COVID crisis has really lent itself to this. We're finding that about 20% of unbelievers have opened themselves up to exploring God during this time. Turns out some of them even are doing this for the first time. When you run up against something that's bigger than you and you don't have an explanation for it, you don't have any way to handle it, you reach out for help. It makes you question your existence and your purpose in life. So my thought is, what if God is using this time in your neighbor's lives to open them up to faith, to open them up to him, and they may be reaching out to you because they know you as a person of faith. So this is where the importance of open-hearted sharing comes in. I want to take you to some Bible verses today to help you prepare to do just that. Turn up in your Bible, if you've got one, to 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'll say as you're finding that, if you are one of those people who are open and exploring God, and that's why you're watching this video, great. I'm so happy that you're here, and we want you to know that we exist for you as a church. At the same time, this message is really geared towards those of you who have already committed to Connection Christian Church, because this is something that we need to take seriously as we do learn how to be good neighbors, as we connect people to God and each other through Jesus. So you've got your Bible, and you want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Listen to these words in Peter said, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. These are powerful words. And uh, we want to consider a couple of things. I want to be very clear about them as I talk about this. Number one, let's be clear on who Peter was talking to. You might assume that the Apostle Peter is talking here to pastors and leaders and elders when he says, be ready to share your faith. How could he be talking to anyone else, right? Here's the thing. While Peter was probably talking to church leaders, he was writing this letter to whole churches. In fact, we think that he was writing this letter to people who had just become Christians or people who were even just on the verge of being baptized and they wanted to know more about their Christian faith. What that means is, as we think about who was Peter talking to when he says, be ready to present your faith, he's talking to you. No matter who you are, if you're a new believer or you've been a Christian a long time, this is for you. Everyone should be ready to share their faith. Let's also be clear about our motives here. Is this some kind of a bait and switch? which I personally would hate to think that the only reason anyone was trying to be a good neighbor was so that they could sell something to them. I'm only going to be your friend so that I can tell you about my religious faith. It doesn't go over well, and it shouldn't. Our motives here should be pure. I am serving my neighbors. I am connecting with my neighbors. I'm meeting my neighbors because I love them and because God loves them, period. 
I'll, I'll be your friend regardless of whether you ever accept Jesus or even want to talk about faith. At the same time, if I do care about you, how could I not be open to and look for opportunities to talk about the most important thing in my life? The most significant thing that ever happened to me was what, when God came into my life through Jesus. So, of course, I want to talk about that, and so should you. So let's talk about today, how do we do what Peter said? Have you taken Peter seriously where he says, always be prepared to talk about your faith? I want to help you with that. That's what this message is all about. It's going to be very practical. Really, there are a couple of things that can get in the way of you sharing your faith effectively. If you clear away those obstacles, you're so much further down the road towards being able to talk to anyone about why you are a Christian. Aaron Chambers talks about a friend of his named Gary. Back in high school, Gary would go out on a scalloping boat out of Massachusetts. As a kid, you know, it was a job where, yes, it was a lot of hard work, but you could make a lot of money. You stay out on the boat for a couple of days, work day and night, but you got a pretty nice paycheck. So Gary was going out on one trip on his 125-foot boat with the whole crew. They left from New Bedford, Massachusetts. They went out past Nantucket Island. They were going to go out into the North Atlantic to go scalloping. Gary's job was very simple as a high school kid. The captain put him in the wheelhouse. The captain had already set the navigation system. They were already on autopilot. Gary's job was simply to watch the compass, make sure they stayed on course. Now, that sounds simple and boring, and it was, but there was a little bit to it. He wasn't allowed to leave the wheelhouse. He had to constantly stay there and just make sure they stayed on course. So they were going to sail through the night. And Gary stayed in the wheelhouse. As he was told, Captain's quarters was off the wheelhouse and he was asleep. And middle of the night, Gary started to get a little bit sleepy. Still couldn't leave, but he wanted a Coke. So he said, hey, Stoney, throw me a Coke, would you? So he, in the wheelhouse, finished his Coke, sat it down on the console, continued to just make sure that everything was on course. Somewhere late in the night, early in the morning, as the sun maybe wasn't up yet, Gary started to have a sense that things weren't right. As he looked out the window, he could swear that he saw land out the starboard window to the right. That shouldn't be. So he looked, but he looked at the compass, and the reading was still bearing on the same course, so everything was fine, but he still couldn't shake that feeling that something was wrong, so he yelled to the captain and woke him up and said, Captain, I think something's wrong. I think I see land. The captain said, You don't. It's just fog. You know, Gary said, no, Captain, I really think something's wrong. Finally, the captain came out into the wheelhouse to look for himself, and he looked out the window. He looked at Gary. He looked at the navigation system. He said, Gary, what did you do? Gary said, I didn't do anything. Gary, did you leave the wheelhouse? Captain, I didn't. Gary, why am I seeing Long Island, New York out the window if we were on track? And Gary said, look, Captain, I stayed here all night. We stayed on course. I didn't even go get a soda. I had Stoney throw it to me. That's when the captain noticed the soda can sitting next to the navigation equipment. And he looked at Gary again. And he said, is that your can? And you know the expression, curse like a sailor? Yeah, that comes into the story here. I'm not going to exactly say what the captain said, but it, it included a whole lot of sailor talk. Gary, why is your blankety-blank can sitting next to the navigation? Your navig the whole navigation system and our whole trip's been thrown off by your can. It threw the whole compass off and everything. Isn't it amazing how something as little as a soda can can throw a whole trip off for a whole lot of people? Likewise, there are some little seemingly insignificant things that can get in the way of you sharing your faith well. We cleared those two obstacles out of the way, and you, again, are going to be so confident and prepared to talk about your faith with anyone who asks. Here's the first obstacle I see. It's really simple. It's a lack of preparation. When Peter said, always prepared to give an answer for your faith, he's talking about preparation. Because what we know is that 
a lack of preparation can make you feel unconfident and uh, feel like you just don't know that what you should be sharing. So this is so simple though. You can resolve this simply by putting some thought into how would I answer someone who asked me my faith in Jesus? And you're an expert on your own story, so you should tell that. What was it like when you became a Christian? What did you do? What were some verses that were important to you? What were some things that were influential in leading you towards accepting Jesus? That's what you should be talking about. Someone came to you and they asked you about being a Christian. They trust you. They, they know that you maybe aren't a Bible scholar or an expert, but you know more than they do and they trust you. So be ready and think about some things you might say. Let me help you with this. The, the Bible talks about people who become Christians. They're accepting the good news of Jesus. It really is good news. Pastor Bill Hybel says there's three things that you can tell people as you're sharing your story. They've been very helpful to me. Number one, just tell people the Bible says that God loves them so much more than they could ever imagine. Maybe you have already memorized John 3.16, and if you haven't, this would be a great time to do it. Just tell them the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal, everlasting life. God loves you so much. That's the good news, that Jesus died for you. Then number two, just tell them, look, you'll never be good enough on your own for God, but you don't have to be. You can point them to a verse like uh, what Paul wrote in Colossians in the Bible and just read this to them and invite them to see it for themselves where it says that um, we were once far away from God and we were his enemies separated from him by our evil thoughts and our evil behavior and our action, but now he's reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, it says that he has brought us into his own presence and we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. You're never going to be good enough for God on your own, but you don't have to be. Jesus did it for you. And that's part of the good news that we share with people. God loves you and he's figured everything out for you. All you have to do is say yes to this gift that he wants to give you. But there's the third thing. You have to choose it for yourself. No one drifts into becoming a Christian. You don't just automatically get to be one by default because your parents, your grandparents were, or because you're an American, or because you lived a half a mile from a church or whatever. You know, you, you choose this. And that's what you would want to tell someone. God wants everyone, but he will only accept you if you say yes to him. He won't force you into his family. So there you go. You just think about how would I share my faith? I'd tell them what I did to become a Christian. I'd tell them those simple things. You can do this. You know, another way we can share our faith and be prepared is you, you can do this on your own, but we can all do this together. Maybe somebody comes to Connection for the first time. You can just be at church looking for people who look a little lost, people who are maybe new, and you can go up and introduce yourself. If you see that somebody brought a friend to church with them for the first time, go up and talk to them. Make them feel welcome. Be gracious guests and hosts, as I know you are. There are so many people who are looking for God right now. Let's let them know that we're ready for you. We want you to be here as much as God wants you to be here. You know, one thing that's helpful is to think about what you would say if you go up to someone new. It's usually a little awkward if you go up to somebody and say, are you new here? And they go, no, I've been here for 10 years. <laughs> or you? Maybe a better thing to say as you go up to somebody would just be, hey, how long have you been coming to Connection? And it opens the door to a bigger conversation. You know, another thing that you can do that will really help all of us together reach people and help them come into God's family is just be interested and engaged in what's going on. Nicomas Perez over at Harvester Christian Church, our, our parent church, says a good way to make someone hungry is to eat in front of them. 
the way that you worship God in services, the way that you engage with the message is all going to create an appetite in other people when they see that you're really engaged with it, that you are really getting something out of it, that you truly love God and it's reflected in what you're doing. That makes people who maybe have never experienced God before realize they're missing something. So you can help out, you know, and if you're not even attending services in person yet and you're engaging online, you can still do this. We can help each other out. Your social media posts where you talk about how you, you love your church or maybe this is a message that you would recommend to people. The things that we say about our church can draw people in. So let's help each other out here. Let's, let's help each other be prepared to share our faith. Now there's another obstacle that can get in the way and you clear this out of the way and you're going to move a long way forward towards sharing your faith. Uh, Peter said that, you know what, a bad attitude can get in the way of you sharing your faith well. He said, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Don't be pushy, be gentle, be respectful. Realize that people don't have to agree with you. Even if you know for certain that you're 100% right, you don't have to act arrogant about it. You can be open and listen to people, engage in a conversation. I'll say it this way. The other side of that is that our approach can put people off and make people uh, who would have otherwise considered God unwilling to listen to him. A few years ago, a pastor made the news. He was already a well-known pastor. And I really don't like talking about other pastors or churches, but this pastor was in the national spotlight and wanted to be there, intentionally said some inflammatory things around Christmas time that I don't think were very helpful. Talked about how people who don't like hearing Merry Christmas or Christmas music being played have two options. One, they can put their Walkman on and ignore it. Like, who even has a Walkman anymore? I think he meant just put your earphones on and just ignore it. Or get on a plane and leave the country because there's planes leaving every day. This was pre-COVID, obviously. I'm thinking about this and considering that you're a pastor in a church. What if I went to your church and I had worked really hard to get a friend of mine who's not a believer to come to church with me, and that was the Sunday we came, and they would hear a pastor saying, you know, we want you to love Jesus, but if you don't care, leave the country. How is that pushing anyone towards God? I think it's pushing people away. I'm just saying that we've got to be careful that our attitudes and the things that we say don't put God in a bad light in a way that he doesn't even put himself I understand that maybe you're frustrated sometimes with uh, people who don't feel like they're open to your faith or even if they feel like you feel like they're pushing your faith to the side. This isn't the way to have the conversation with people. We want to do what the Apostle Paul said in Colossians. Listen to this. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I think about that, what Paul is saying is, can we just use some common sense, some relational intelligence? Can we just talk to people who are outsiders and haven't yet heard about Jesus in a way that makes them more interested? When you think about your social media posts and when you think about the way you talk about people who don't believe, are you sprinkling salt on your conversation? In other words, saying things that are interesting and engaging and inviting a further conversation, or are you just being salty? So many times, we're not very helpful, we being Christians as a whole. I think you here at Connection, you do a great job at this, but I think it's probably helpful for all of us to go back and evaluate what are my words saying about Jesus and what are they saying about my openness to talking about to people who don't agree with me but might be persuaded if I just was patient and gentle and respectful. You know, I don't know if uh, people walking away from us feeling assaulted 
is what God had in mind when he said, I want you to share the good news. The flip side of that is you have so much power with your words and your actions and your presence to help open a door to somebody maybe saying yes to Jesus. A friend of mine posted this on social media. He's a pastor. He was talking about how quick people are to judge. He said, if you just, people look at others and they say, if you're skinny, you're obviously on drugs. If you have tattoos, well, you must be a felon with no job. If you're heavy, well, you need to lose weight. But if you're skinny, well, you must be a druggie. If you drink, you're obviously an alcoholic. If you get dressed up, you're conceited. But if you dress down, you just don't care about yourself and you're letting yourself go. If you speak your mind, you're being rude. But if you don't say anything, you're obviously snobbish. Uh, if you are sociable, you must be a party animal. But if you stay to yourself, you're detached. He says you can't do anything without being criticized. We live in a society where people can't survive if they're not judging the next person. How about we get to know people before judging? Let's build each other up. We're all doing the best we can in this game called life. You know, bad attitudes can get in the way. Where are your soda cans that are interfering with your ability to share your faith well, to have an open heart towards people who maybe are far from God but interested in coming home? Here at Connection, we want to point people to Jesus. We're literally here to connect people to God and each other through Jesus. I love you all, but I can't give you hope and purpose and meaning in life. I can't transform you. I can't change things about you. But Jesus can do all those things, which is why every week I invite you to consider him. And I want to put him in a good light, and I want to represent him well. And I want you to be able to do that, too. There are so many people who I may never talk to first, but they're your neighbors. They're your friends. They're looking at you. You're the person of faith, and they need to know that there is a pathway forward towards God, that he is willing to listen, to invite them in, that God is for them, not against them. And your words and your actions and your attitude have so much power. Some friends of mine from college recently started a church in New Zealand, and uh, they've been very effective in reaching people in this place where a lot of people are unchurched and don't really have a connection with God. One of the events that they do in their church is called a meet your neighbor party. Very simple and very effective. They just uh, invite everybody from a neighborhood to come out. They provide the food, they provide the games and the music, and they just tell everybody in the neighborhood, why don't you come out and we're, we're hosting the party and you guys just meet your neighbors and connect. It's fantastic. So back in January or February, they were having one of these events. Now remember, they're in the Southern Hemisphere, so that was summer for them. And they were just going out and inviting people to come to their next party. My friends had another friend visiting them named Cindy, and she said, do you mind if I go knock on some doors in the neighborhood and just invite people to come to the party? And they're like, sure. So one of the doors that Cindy knocked on was opened by a woman named Eunice. She and her two kids had moved to New Zealand a few years ago, and they really hadn't connected with anyone since they'd come. In fact, Eunice's life, they later found out, had fallen apart literally on her plane ride to New Zealand. She had no connection. She had no family. She had no connection to God at all. She had no faith, but she's got this woman on her doorstep inviting her to a party, so she came with her two little girls. They had a blast. Well, eventually Eunice decided she would go to the church, which was literally across the street meeting from her house. And she first came, and then after a couple of weeks, she built up some trust. She decided she would bring her girls with her as well, and she put them in the children's ministry, and they loved that church. And then COVID hit, and my friend's church couldn't meet for 10 weeks. But they didn't lose connection with Eunice. In fact, Eunice's faith continued to grow and flourish and blossom even during this time. And when they were able to get back to meeting in person again, Eunice came with her girls. And as I said, Eunice had had a lot of difficulties in her life. 
And as they heard more of her story, they were shocked at just how much they'd had an impact on her. Listen to something that she said. This is Eunice. I'm going to be okay. I have my church and they support me. I'm so thankful for my church. That knock on my door saved me. Connection, who knows but that your neighbors are one knock, one loaf of bread, one plate of cookies, one conversation away from moving closer to God. Maybe people who have spent a lifetime away from God are open now. You, as their neighbor, may have been put there and you thought you chose your house because you liked the neighborhood, you liked the schools, you liked the floor plan. No, maybe God put you in that neighborhood because there is someone that only you could connect with. Be prepared to share your faith. Put some thought into it. Think about the words that you use and the things that you refuse to get caught up in because you know it just really won't be helpful. Maybe God wants to use you as you open your heart to move someone closer to Jesus. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you that you opened your heart to us, that you created us. And even though we rebelled against you and we have sinned and because of our evil thoughts and our evil behavior, we've become your enemies, you still want us in your family. We want to do what you would do. We want to love people the same way you love them. Help us to be open-hearted with people, to be winsome and grace-filled as we share our faith. Please give us opportunities and help us to recognize them when they are. And Father, I pray for anyone who feels distant from you or doesn't even feel like you are there, that you would open their heart and help them feel how much love you have for them and help us to know just the right things to lead them to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.